uh, we will be happy to answer that question. So drop a question into the Instagram uh, chat here or comment section and or onto Facebook and or later on YouTube. So we've got all platforms running today. Uh, hey, Chris, how are you? Thanks for being here. Um, so yeah, big week, more uh, more school. But uh, for me, I also dropped a new book, uh, Etude book this week. So I'll share that with everybody. It's called Get Set. I'll put it on the screen for everyone. And uh, it's the third in a series of books that I've put out. This one is an Etude book. Um, it's an etude book that t has two different types of etudes in it. So there's uh, your traditional kind of like jazz language, kind of like a jazz improvised jazz solo, but uh, more specifically uh, with the kind of a theme, like a melodic theme that tried to carry it through. But uh, the main part of the etude book that I really like is that uh, it has another section of voice leading etudes, which I try to take a Bach-esque approach to to writing the etudes and making kind of just this voice leading as the primary um, thing in the etude. So it's going to help you get through and understand the kind of ebbs and flows of harmony. And so hopefully uh, that'll be interesting to some of the trombonists out there. Again, that book is called Get Set. It's available uh, on Amazon and it's also available on my store as a PDF if you want to get that faster. Amazon is on kind of like a two-week wait list for the book so the fastest way is to go ahead and get the um, PDF from the website. So uh, I'm going to get to some of the questions from this week. If you're watching live and you want to uh, drop in a question into the comment section on Facebook or into the chat here on Instagram, feel free to do so. But uh, have one, and I saw that Jack Timmons is here and he asked a question from this week. So I'm going to go to that question first. And so Jack asked, uh, are there any well-renowned re trombonists who's playing you could never quite get into? Uh, yeah, I think that that's true of everybody. Everybody has preferences. Everybody has, you know, their heroes. I don't think that uh, you can really get too far in music without exploring lots of different ways of doing what you do, meaning your instrument, different types of music, etc. And so I am not the hugest fan of... Uh, Carl Fantana, and I'm not the hugest fan of Frank Arzellino. Not that they're not amazing, but just if I have to like pick my top two, three, four people, that I wouldn't put them in the top. But that doesn't mean that there's not things to learn from them, and they're incredible musicians and technicians. So it's like I purely, and I and I purely base it on that. I feel like there's probably tons of people that think that, you know, that about me. You know, like who is this guy? This sad guy playing the trombone. Like there's plenty of things that I can't do. So um, I don't know if I would say that I, I, I like the way you put it, not like dislike, but are there any uh, people's playing who you just never like super obsessed with? I would say that that is the case for those people. I've never been like as obsessed with their music as I have with JJ, Slide Hampton, Curtis Fuller, um, Wycliffe Gordon, Steve Davis, those types of people I've been more more into and been more obsessive about in my history that doesn't mean things can't change and can't evolve but uh, for now uh, those are the people those are a couple of the people that I just never quite got into there's plenty of other ones there's people I wish I checked out more too like Julian Priester I wish I checked out him a little bit more um, there's, pl there's plenty of people uh, Gretchen Moncour I should I would like to check him out more 
I guess I never quite got into Albert Mangelsdorf that much is another one, but uh, that's kind of a very specific kind of vibe, I suppose. Um, so anyway, yeah, there's plenty of people that I've enjoyed listening to and just never gotten super deep into. And so for me, I focus on people like JJ and Curtis and Slide. And if anyone has taken a, in here that's uh, studied any amount of jazz with me, they know that that's kind of where I send people and where I'm coming from. Um, but thanks for the quick question, Jack. I hope that answered it. And uh, I'm going to keep on going. We did collect a few questions uh, this week, but if you're here now, please drop some in if you have any. Love to answer them live about life, well, music life. I don't know if I can answer any questions about life in general, but um, hope everybody is doing well uh, in this quarantine moment here. Uh, there's another question from trvr.frmn. Uh, if you're wondering where the questions are coming from, I put them usually as an Instagram story to collect them throughout the week. So if you want to think of a question, you want to do it during the week, uh, usually they're in my stories and then I collect them all for today. Uh, so he asked me, uh, how does the King 3B Plus compare to the Bach 36 or other 525 bore horns? So I've only, I've not really gotten that into Bach 36s. I've played a few of them. Um, I find that the bell is not resonant in the way that I want it to be for jazz. In jazz, we want it to be have flexibility. At least I do. I want it to be able to kind of get that pop, that zing that we associate with King a lot, the, two, the regular 2B and 3B. Um, so I find for me that the King 3B Plus, which is this horn that's sitting right here. That's a little awkward, but uh, anyway, uh, the 3B Plus is good for me because it's flexible but big enough and dark enough that it doesn't feel like a tiny pea shooter and it's not a huge you know symphonic kind of horn so for me it sits right in the middle which is kind of what i'm looking for because i'm trying to do a lot of different things at different times you know my sound influences are pretty widely varied you know trying to incorporate the sound concept of like jj johnson and steve davis and wycliffe gordon and joe alessi and all these different types of people that have different types of sound concepts um so you know i never i never discounted bach 36s completely but uh, it's just not what i gravitated towards i tried uh, shires out for a little while um talking with um some people over there and making a custom horn uh and it didn't quite work out the way I thought it would. It just didn't play the way I thought it would. And so I ended up not going with that and coming back to the 3B plus. But this is what I'm playing for now. Um, who knows? I'm always open to trying new things and seeing what else is out there. I like a lot of the things about this horn, but I don't think it's fully realizing the sound concept that's in my head. I still want it to be darker, probably, is the, the answer to that. But, um, you know, can never be dark enough for me. But I also don't want to play like a giant uh, tub of a horn. I, I never could understand how Slide did that. He, when I saw Slide when I was at Eastman, he came to Eastman. This would have been like 2006, 2005, fall 2005. Um, he came and was playing a straight bass drumone, which I thought was pretty crazy. But uh, he sounded great, and he's got a super sweet tone on there. So anyway, 
Enough about horns. Oh, we do have one more question. Since we're talking about horns before everybody leaves, I'll ask, answer one more question about, about that. Chris Lundin, he dropped it into the Instagram chat here, says, how do you feel that bell, re bell resonance generally differs between standard and silver sonic 2Bs and 3Bs? Oh, this is not a question for me. This is a question for... Uh, for uh, James Burton knows a lot about this. He's really into the silver sonic horns. Uh, Andy Clausen, another person, he played a three B. Um, I'm not. I'm not the gearhead. I don't know all the. I don't have all the answers. Phil Dizak asked an interesting question though. Let me do this. He says, "Do you think of darkness as dampening overtones or getting more resonance? Definitely getting more resonance. I guess when I say darkness, I'm thinking of uh, more resonant." I don't know. I guess now that I'm thinking about it, is it? I don't know if that means that there's less overtones. I don't feel like that because when I want more resonance, it's just like a. It's like a sound. It's not that it doesn't have any brilliance to it, but it just has a lot of core, I think. I think. Now he's, Phil's really asking tough questions. Uh, what do you think? I want to. What Phil thinks? If you want to jump on the on the chat, I'll add you in so you can explain what you think. But uh, I, I don't think of it necessarily as not having resonance. I think it's more resonance. It could be more overtones, but I'm not exactly sure because uh, I'm not a scientist, not an expert on sound production. But it's a good question. Well, let's see, we're, we're gonna add Phil into the Instagram chat here. Waiting for Phil, let's see. <clears throat> One second here. There he is. I'm here. So you tell me. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I think it's more resonance. That's what I was thinking too. It depends on it depends on what you define as dark sound. I mean, I always try to sound like a trombone anyway. Uh, <laughs> in terms of sound production, but. Uh, Miles has a really dark sound, but he's he has a really resonant sound, as opposed to Roy Hargrove, who has a dark sound and he has a very I don't want to say muffled sound, but like muted, he mutes his overtones. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't. I feel like there's not like a straight answer. There's like nuances to the to what like what you just described. Yeah, I think a lot of people ask for a dark dark sound. Mm -hmm. But they. Don't know what that means. But what, what I it think means. There's, yeah, there's a lot of ways to define it. It's like, what kind of dark sound do you want? Do you want a, do you want like a really like fluffy, like pointed sound that, that doesn't resonate a lot, or which is a great can be a great beautiful sound in certain certain contexts, or do you want something that's like a dark like uh, Bud Hersett or like Arnold Jacobs dark, where it's like there's it rings a lot. Um, so, yeah, I think, it really I, think I like this the the that one the rings a lot thing because I don't yeah. I feel like the people that have the dark sounds that I identify with don't necessarily not have resonance or don't necessarily not have overtones. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, have fun with that. That's why I asked. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tricky answer. question. It's not, yeah, it's not like a, there's not a singular answer. It really is, is, comes after what is it describe the sound what are you what are you going for right yeah what are you going for because it could be a lot of things and it could change does yours change is your concept change all the time yeah 
Every week? That's a lot. Oh, okay. I haven't figured out. I'll let you, uh, I'm going to just uh, step back and let you answer more questions. So oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. So you're just doing right. long tones anyway. <laughs> okay, Sue. So thanks for joining. Uh, let's see. That was Phil Dizak. If you don't know Phil, he's a great trumpet teacher. He also teaches here at uh, UNT, uh, jazz trumpeter, trumpet, trump player, amazing sound. He's, he has one of the best sounds on trumpet that I've heard. Um, all right, I heard I saw a bunch of questions came in while we were doing that. Let me scroll back here. Um, too bony for me. I don't know what that means. Uh, okay, I saw one on Facebook. I'm going to go to a Facebook question here. Um, Chris Castellan. Hey, Chris. Hope you're doing well. Chris is a trumpet player from Rochester, where I grew up. And he used to play uh, in some uh, events together, some groups. He says, Nick, you've become very visible as a jazz artist. Tell us some of your personal marketing strategies. Good to see you. Oh, okay. So my marketing strategy is kind of developed over the years from just trying to figure out what to do, then just throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. So it's been a trial by fire kind of situation a lot of times. But um, from there, I've kind of developed... This might be cheesy because I have uh, a motto. It's a little cheesy, but uh, I use it. I used it for a show that I was doing for a little while uh, through my company, Outside in Music. Uh, so the phrase is just create, connect, repeat. And so I kind of live by that on a micro and macro scale. And what I mean by that is that I think that the most important thing you can do as an artist, as a young artist, as a experienced artist, is to be creating stuff. Whether that stuff is content for Instagram or Facebook or YouTube videos or albums, I think that you have to be creating at the same rate as people are consuming. And so now as the cycles of coverage go faster and faster and faster, uh, to me, I think you have to also move at that speed. And so I try to have different types of things that I'm doing so I can offer different types of content to different types of people. Um, so for me, it's been about always having a lot of shells in the game and having a lot of um, move different moving parts and not relying on one uh, piece of what I do to carry me through uh, my, in just a, a general day-to-day -day living thing, kind of situation. And, and, you know, for example, you know, a great example of that, not putting all my eggs in one basket is doing this uh, teaching position that I started last year and always being a teacher, being an educator. Um, I, you know, just when all the gigs fall apart, now there's something to do and why do I and then I also have a company that promotes music and artists called Outside in Music a record label and you never know kind of what things are going to happen I happen to be a person that's interested in a lot of things so I am interested to you know check out all of those things but I think that um, keeping your eyes open on the trends in the markets in general trying to in terms of marketing in terms of trying to tell a story to the people that actually care about what you do and not worrying about the ones that don't um, because you're going to find your audience. People that care about what you care about will come to you as long as you're just being yourself and not putting on a front and not putting on like some kind of act about the marketing and trying to be cool and this and that and the other thing. Just my philosophy 
And, you know, a lot of some students think or say things about like, oh, I'm insecure about posting on Instagram. I don't know. I don't want people to say this or that. And, you know, it's like you're just documenting your journey. You're just documenting what you're up to. You're sharing with people and connecting with people, because ultimately, if you want to book gigs and play concerts, you need people that are going to actually come to those concerts. So, you know, I just think about it as connecting with one person at a time and hopefully in, you know, another 10, 20 years maybe most of my career will be moving towards performing instead of having to do all the different things that I do. But uh, I don't think I'll ever stop being, uh, having a lot of things and a lot of pies, a lot of fingers and a lot of pies. So, uh, the marketing strategy is to create stuff and get it out into the world period. Um, whether it's videos, whether it's albums, whether it's content, whether it's talking, whether it's doing this kind of Q and a type of session, whether it's, starting a podcast and having conversations with people. Um, it's about getting your ideas, your point of view out into the world. And I just think just like in music, uh, you know, a lot of my students, we make them make them guide them towards uh, having guide them towards really investigating the history of the music, at least in jazz and like trying to emulate the masters. You know, we try to emulate the masters. And then I think it's just a natural part of your musicianship that you'll always kind of sound like yourself and that you'll end up sounding like yourself. Like there's no worry about like, Oh, you're just going to be a copycat unless you intend to actually be a copycat. So I think that learning the history and that on the musicianship side ties over into your personal side and doing your personal marketing or your musician marketing, branding, whatever you want to call it. It's just telling the story of who you are and what music you're into. And if that's original music, that's great. And if it's covers and playing, you know, pop music, that's great. It's just what are you into and what can you be authentic about? That's kind of how I think about it. So anyway, that phrase again was um, create, connect, repeat. And so that's what I stick with. And uh, I encourage all the artists on the label with and just just make some stuff and put it out and then make some stuff and put it out and make some more stuff because uh, nobody's going to find you if you're hiding away. And, you know, if that's on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever the platform is, if it's TikTok, whatever you want to do, there's going to be people for you in all of those places. So uh, it might not be instantaneous, but it might be a little bit over a long period of time. And people go in and out. People have phases of caring about stuff, you know, during this quarantine, people might care about their hobbies a little bit more. Maybe they're into checking out jazz music and then they go back to real life and maybe they uh, don't care so much anymore. So anyway, I just keep on pushing forward and working on the projects that I feel passionate about, or I feel like will be helpful to people. Um, people have been asking me about etudes for a long time, which is why I ended up releasing that book this week, not to be too like pluggy pluggy, but um, it took a long time. I did like three other projects before I even did that one. Uh, just cause I wasn't, didn't feel like that's what I were. I wanted to put my energy, but um, yeah, you're welcome, Chris. Thanks for watching. I appreciate you, man. Uh, I see a question here. Oh, we're going back to gear for a second. He said from Milia French. He says, hello, what do you think of modern can stool trombones and what is happening with the factory now? Uh, I have no idea. I don't play a can stool. I've never played a can stool trombone, so I'm not going to say anything good or anything bad because I don't know. Uh, that's what I tried to do 
uh, if I don't have an answer, I try to get the get an answer. I don't try to just make up an answer uh, in the in the moment. But uh, I think I have a couple more questions from earlier this week. But if you're watching now, feel free to drop something in. Becca, thanks for being here. I see a Becca Patterson. Uh, you're very welcome. I'm glad you could hang out. I know you you've been doing some some cool stuff during this time as well. But uh, okay, so let's see, a couple more questions here and we'll call it a day, but feel free to drop a few in if you have some. All right, we answered Jack, we answered Trevor. Uh, okay, from Caleb E. Neary, or, uh, that's his Instagram handle. He says, what is your music dreams to get in the future? My music dreams. Um, hmm, that's a good question. Well, I've always wanted to play with Herbie Hancock and Chick Corea, so those are two that I would love to do. I would love to go on the road with the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra again. Uh, that was a real highlight for me so far. Uh, I would love just to go back on the road with the Knotts Cohen's band. We had a lot of things uh, on the schedule that looks like maybe will or will not happen. We're not really sure. Um, there's some, um, we're supposed to play at the Bergamo Jazz Festival uh, in Northern Italy and obviously uh, our hearts go out to all those people there and everything that's happening there in northern Italy. But we were supposed to be there like three weeks ago or whatever it would have been. Um, so those things. I hope to be able to get my band into uh, the touring festival circuit at some point. I don't know when that's going to be. It's just a matter of time of, you know, keep on pushing on. And, we, you know, we've made five albums. We had our last record come out at the end of February. It's called Cast of Characters. So that's the the here and now band which is uh lucas pino on tenor saxophone bass clarinet and alex wince on guitar glenn zaleski on piano uh dave Barron on bass and uh jimmy mcbride at the drums hey john thanks for being here i'm just saying hello to a few people that are dropping in comments um so anyway that band i i'm kind of a person that I've thought, I, you know, I want to try to build something over a long period of time. I look at somebody like Joe Lovano, and he has that Nanette that he's had for so long. And I just think that that's something that doesn't happen in the music uh, that much. And uh, it's it's nice to be able to have that loyalty to people and stick with them and not just kind of jump around trying to make a project that feels like it's of the moment or it feels like oh this is going to get me gigs like this is a tribute project and i'm going to be able to get gigs because i you know hired such and such and such and such which is fine there's nothing wrong with it it just doesn't always feel the most authentic to me in my experience so that's what i've chose chosen to do but um i don't know if i have any other real musical dreams other than to be able to keep living the life uh, that I want to be doing. You know, I have a, basically my definition of success is if I can do what I want to do when I want to do it. And uh, that means in every part of my life. And so I don't think that I've reached it yet. There's a lot of things uh, that I have to do that I don't necessarily always want to do. And I think that's normal for everybody, but uh, that's that's where I'm headed towards. And I want that all, all to be encompassed in music. And for me, it's not just playing. You know, there's a reason why I have um, a lot of in, a lot of different interests and a lot of different um, fingers in a lot of different pies. So um, I'm trying to I hope to build my company up outside in music, be able to offer more and more services and hook up more artists with record deals and just try to make make stuff happen, create, connect, repeat. I know it seems cheesy. 
It seems cheesy every time I say it, but uh, I really do think it's true. Uh, okay, so I think we've gotten through all the questions that I have for this week. Uh, I appreciate everybody that's here. If anybody wants to drop in one or two more, I'm happy to happy to do that. Otherwise, uh, we'll kind of just wrap it up for today. Uh, one more one more plug is uh, I'm really excited about this new book, the Get Ahead. Not Get Ahead. That was my first book. This is Get Set as a book of uh, etudes, jazz trombone etudes. Uh, you can get them on my website. If you want them, there's a two-week back order on Amazon. So, if, but if Amazon's easier, you can go to Amazon. Um, and yeah, I'm really glad you could be here. Sorry, I don't have more questions, but sometimes that's just how it goes. Uh, I appreciate everybody tuning in, and uh, we'll be back next week. I've been doing this every week on Friday, so I'll try to get a Thursday, a Thursday or Friday weekly uh, question and answer for next week. So thanks for being here again, and uh, we'll see you all real soon.